Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. And the mob wants to bring you to your knees. You see, I was scrolling through Parler earlier today, and I saw something that Dan Bongino had posted, saying that the liberals are turning their own people over to the mob. And I thought to myself, the liberals are the mob. See, right now, I see a shift like I've never seen before in politics. Lots of people from both sides of the aisle, if you will, getting involved. People that were never involved before that are involved now. For example, one group that I see that's becoming really, really energized in politics are Hispanics, Latinos. And I'm not talking about political people like me. I'm talking about former gangbangers, factory workers, truck drivers, veterans, people that could care less about politics. So many of them are women, in fact, and in so many different capacities, they're getting involved because they're tired of seeing their values compromised by their beloved Democrat Party. What I see are a bunch of Hispanics saying F you for turning a blind eye to illegal immigration and human trafficking at the southern border. I know people in San Diego and guess what? They don't like cartels. They don't like crime or unsafe borders. People aren't blind and people aren't stupid. I see a bunch of people that are saying F you for turning a blind eye to abortion. F you for robbing and pillaging our government, enriching yourself with our tax dollars. While so many minority groups like Latinos were forced to live on the plantation of government just so they could be a permanent voting block, a permanent political base for the Democrats. What I see is a bunch of Hispanics, a bunch of Latinos that are saying F you to the Democrat Party. And guess what? They don't want to debate you. They're here to fight to protect their American way of life. And they're clever and creative. I always give a shout out to the Lexit movement, to the Republican National Hispanic Assembly, to the Bienvenido group. There's so many of these groups that are re-energized and very active, especially on social media. If you don't follow at Lexit movement or the others, check them out. But they're great. They can meme with the rest of them. In fact, I'd say... They probably are the best of them. (laughs) They're clever, they're satirical, and they're effective. But that doesn't mean that the same thing isn't happening on the other side. Maybe not with the memes. But on different social media, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I see that I was invited to a group. Now, I get a lot of invites to groups, but this one was in Spanish, so it caught my eye as I was looking at it. It said, Revolucionarios. And I was thinking, revolutionaries? And when I read a little more... It shows that these people are fans of what they called the eternal, el eterno comandante, the eternal commandant, 
Hugo Chavez, the former dictator from Venezuela. And I think to myself, perate, perate, hold up. Communists? Really? On Facebook? And inviting me? I'm thinking, okay, they're taunting me. I took the bait. So I sign up for the group and I'm looking at some of the things. And the group's filled with posts about people exalting Castro and memes with questions like, what do you call a poor person who thinks that they're rich and supports rich people policies? It literally sounds like AOC's living wage rhetoric. However, this was a page for communist revolutionaries. And they're trying to unite all of the countries in South America and the Caribbean as one Latino America. Countries like the Dominican Republic and Cuba. And what they hope will one day be a free and independent Puerto Rico that's no longer part of the United States. And that's something they've always been after. The day they can get Puerto Rico, they're that much closer to the United States. Imagine that, having communists that close. So we'd have Cuba and Puerto Rico. One more reason to fight for Puerto Rican statehood. And their goal is to create one Latino American communist bloc collective. Now, of course, AOC, in my opinion, all out crazy, is to become eventually the Che Guevara of her communist grandfather's movement. You know, Bolshevik Bernie Sanders, Mr. Denmark himself. And they share different articles from the Russian propagandist website RT Russia Today. Communists come in different colors, different flavors, and they're always looking to go after a new type of group that they can easily splinter off and then sell them the idea that they're marginalized. Always creating an us versus them situation to divide and conquer the people. That's their goal each and every time. Now, speaking of Marxists, I just read an article in the International Socialist Review, and it basically speaks about how Lenin and Stalin and Mao got the whole Marxist thing wrong. They missed the mark, according to the article, because they began competing and they lost it because they did it for a profit instead of for human need. The whole goal for Marxism was for the proletariat, the worker, to own the production, to own the factory, not for the sake of owning it or profiting from it, but for the sake of human need. (laughs) At least that's how this author puts it. Uh, This guy, his name is Chris Williams. The article is in issue 72 of the International Socialist Review, isreview.org. And Mr. Williams argues, quote, that technology should be owned and controlled by the workers, not by the capitalists. Thenceforth, it could be unleashed upon the planet for furthering the interests of the entire human race without a thought given to natural limits. He goes on to say, quote, the same factors that propel capitalist production, the need to compete and drive out competition, reigned within these regimes. Mao and Stalin and Lenin. Flowing directly from this came the need of each of these one-party states to constantly raise productivity and dispense with any environmental, democratic, or labor concerns in the manic drive towards economic and technological parity with the Western powers. It was the severe lack of power of the working class in the, quote, socialist countries, not its untrammeled freedom which created these conditions for the extreme ecological vandalism seen there. So here we have an admission from a true Marxist saying that it doesn't work. Marxism doesn't work. Socialism doesn't work. But his claim is you're doing it wrong. Not because it doesn't work on on its face or in and of itself, 
porque no sirve, right? That's not why. But it was because they were doing it wrong. Citing the lack of freedom wasn't the reason socialism failed. It was that the oligarchs participated in the free market. So how about that? Think about what's so interesting about that statement is that you have this socialist, you have this Marxist leftist who's saying that it would have worked but for your engagement in the free market. All the strong arm tactics are okay. The elimination of private property, that's okay. What's not okay is trying to outdo the others that you're competing against because life does continue. We're always competing in a free market. That's what makes it free. That's why Adam Smith writes about the invisible hand in the, one of the best books ever, The Wealth of Nations, because it's real. Supply and demand. It's such a simple concept. Marxism vis-a-vis socialism is an incredibly complicated economic system because it bases so many things on so many other things that to me are soft or fragile. We have to deal with the worker. The private property can't be owned by the bourgeoisie. How do you get there without using what Mao, Chairman Mao from the Chinese Communist Party, what he called political power? And I quote, political power comes from the barrel of a gun. That's Marx. Unabashed Marxism coming out of the mouth of Chairman Mao. Political power comes from the barrel of a gun. Marxists will always use brute strength, the iron fist of the government, on the throat of the proletariat, on the throat of the bourgeoisie. Because at the end of the day, the oligarchs are the only ones that walk away with money. Just look at Venezuela. People were eating their dogs. There was a run on toilet paper. And the richest billionaire in the country is the daughter of the former dictator. Hugo Chavez's daughter, richest woman in Venezuela. Go figure. So you see similar things happening in the former Soviet Union in Russia, in Ukraine. The oligarchs that skimmed the money off the top, that made the people poor, they're the ones that kept the money. Unless you were a part of that real bourgeoisie ruling class, you were screwed. Forget being part of the proletariat. That was your guaranteed ticket, like uh, Hayek said to the road to surf them. Anyway, that was an interesting article and I wanted to share it with you because I think we don't always uh, run across things in the International Socialist Review. So I figured now you can say you read something there or not. Now, straight ahead, the left in the media are criticizing Trump for reaching out to Hispanic voters. Plus, there's a group of, I'm not going to say teenagers because they're probably in their early 20s, young college students, maybe not college students, I'm not going to call them eco-terrorists, but I will call them eco-Leninists, eco-Marxists, and they've been around for a while, the Sunrise Movement. They're back, and they're threatening this November's election in a new and in a big way. So keep it locked right there. Don't move a muscle. You're not going to want to miss what they have to say. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to This Is America. This Is America. If you're looking to make an impact, there's no better place to do it than the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to be at the forefront of fighting and curing deadly diseases, developing and using tools and technologies the world doesn't even know exist, or defending your country, fighting disasters, and seeking adventure across the globe, 
The Army is where all of that can happen, and so much more. The U.S. Army is a team of a million unique and powerful individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world, and to win. Nowhere else on earth provides you with the training and experience and purpose you can find with the Army. Because no other team has so many people around the globe with the goal of making the world safer, the country stronger, and the future of their communities better. If you're looking to secure a future for you and your family, ask yourself, what's your warrior? And go to GoArmy.com to find out. Over 150 jobs, one calling. Find your future. Visit GoArmy.com slash NYC. This is America. Bienvenido, America. Welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden. And like I promised you before, the Sunrise Movement, or excuse me, the Sunshine Movement, or the Sunrise Movement, which one? One of the two. One of these sun movements is a group of Enviro-Leninists, eco-Stalinists, that use the economy as their wedge issue, right? So years ago, it was LGBT. Then we saw recently African-American police brutality, Black Lives Matter. These guys use the environment. So you are no longer human if you support anything that has to do with capitalism because capitalism is evil and capitalism is the environment. And that's exactly how they're breaking this down. I got some really good audio from you. Big shout out to the YouTube channel Millennial Millie about the Sunrise Movement kicking off 100 days of civil unrest, shouting no justice, no sleep. Now, you saw this earlier uh, this month or last month in The Hill where a bunch of organizers got outside to protest and practice their rioting outside Senator Mitch McConnell's house. But that was just a test run. It was a beta run. It was a dry run. They're coming back and they want to totally disrupt this election, bringing their clanging of cowbells, bullhorns, and Lord knows what else. I mean, every time they go out, it starts off like that and it ends up with Molotov cocktails and riots. But presuming what they're saying is is the case, they're going to be bringing this to a politician near you. 100 days of civil unrest. Now, the first young lady that speaks, these are three young women, I would say all younger than 25. Maybe I'm wrong, but... They look younger than 25. The first one, Araceli Jimenez, Deputy Communications Director at the Sunshine Movement, which I believe is called the Sunrise Movement, and I just keep saying it wrong. And she's saying, quote, that this will be a daily haunting. Listen to this. This is really the moment that this broken system could all come crumbling down, but it's up to us to take action and make it happen. We have to bring the crisis to their doorsteps. And we're going to mobilize outside the homes of politicians in the middle of the night to wake them up. That's right, y'all. No justice, no sleep. And this isn't just your regular protest. This is a daily haunting to make it clear that our generation is a force to be reckoned with when it comes to the revolution in the streets and at the ballot box. Now, if the time for the revolution wasn't enough for you, if that, if that audio didn't wake you up, listen to the next girl. She's a Ph.D. student at UCSB, Nikayla Jefferson talking about a full-on siege. Check this out. My dream is that we bring these failed and corrupt institutions to their knees and we build something new. I love the term siege because I feel like that's exactly what we're going to do. And I all encourage you to go read the Wikipedia page for what a siege is because have that expectation. We need to tell the world that we're not taking this bull anymore. 
College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. That they will see us, they will feel us, and they will hear us until they are deaf with our demands. Rome was not built in the day, and it was also not sieged in the day. In fact, it was sieged over the course of one year and nine days, which was a fact I learned today. Every single day from now until the election is a day we're preparing for ballot time battle and the post-election eruption of our pent-up anger. That means showing up to houses of politicians everywhere who have failed us. Perate, hold up, wait a minute. Did she literally just say the definition of siege from Wikipedia? I'm not a big fan of Wikipedia, but I'm going to read it to you. A siege is a military blockade of a city or a fortress with the intent of conquering by attrition or a well-prepared assault. This derives from the Latin sedere, lit, to sit. Siege warfare is a form of constant, low-intensity conflict characterized by one party holding a strong, static, defensive position. Isn't that interesting? She literally wants to use a military blockade to prevent you, your grandmother, your daughter, your cousin, your uncle, your neighbor, from voting this November. So be prepared for these wacko Antifa people The Sunrise Movement, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the Million Woman March, and all the rest of these organizations, be prepared to see them dressed in all black with makeshift riot shields, makeshift riot sticks, shaved to a point PVC, pretending it's a flagpole with their Antifa flag, but it's shaved like a spear on the other side. Mace, bear mace, leaf blowers. I mean, they've got this down to a science. This is not a peaceful protest or a protest at all. This is literally, I don't care about you. I don't care about the law and I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I don't like what you're doing. Do what I say or I'll hurt you, a.k.a. fascism. Now, she says it'll be a year and nine days is what it's going to take to toss out these politicians. Listen, I got to be honest with you. I agree with bringing it to the politicians. Maybe not the way they're suggesting, but... Why hasn't a single person led a march outside Nancy Pelosi's house or outside of the Capitol or outside of Jerry Nadler's house? Heck, what about Adam Schiff? Not a single person has brought it to these guys. If they can do it, we can do it. It's the only way to win. Now, listen to the third girl in this sequence. Her name's Leah Spinner. And she literally says, we will march up in their house. Check this out. So for the next 100 days, we will haunt these architects of the death economy. We will march into their homes and make it plain and simple for them. Crazy stuff, right? I couldn't believe it. While I was doing show prep for the show, I wanted to talk about something else. And I'm going to get to it on the other side of this. But somebody sent me a message saying, man, it's crazy, this 100-day siege thing, right? And I said, oh, my gosh, I hadn't even heard about it. So big thanks to Becky La Trompista for sending that to me because I was really interested in hearing those audio clips. Man, I've heard about the Sunrise Movement before, a.k.a. the Sunshine Movement. And like I said, they're enviro-Leninists, eco-Stalinists. That's always kind of been their angle. But they have sound like they've been emboldened by what they see in Portland and Chicago and New York City and Seattle. And they want to bring it to a neighborhood near you, to a voting booth near you, to a polling location, to a public school, to a civic center near you. 
to prevent you and intimidate you from voting. Or maybe to push you into the other column for you to say, yeah, you know what, that mail-in voting doesn't sound so bad. I don't have to deal with the Antifa and all these wacko women. I don't know. To me, I say, all right, bring it. Bring it. We the people have been doing this for a really long time, and a bunch of freshmen, sophomores, or graduate students aren't going to tell me or anybody else that I know how to be an American. They could hold on to that. But one of the points that they raise is that they feel that they don't like Joe Biden. They can't stomach Joe Biden, kind of like AOC was. I mean, imagine an army of AOCs. That's scary. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I made you visualize that. But imagine that. And these all-out crazies take to the streets. They can't stomach Biden. But you know what? They say, hey, we can control him. Because same thing like we mentioned before. If he doesn't do what we say, we will hurt him. A couple of weeks ago, Angela Davis, the world-renowned communist, not the singer, actress, entertainer, but the communist, was on Russian propaganda television, RT, Russia Today TV, and she said, even Joe Biden can be controlled by these movements. When you have everybody on the left in unison shouting, Biden is our puppet, you know that they know something that we don't. When Biden postpones who his VP candidate is going to be, they just might have a trick up their sleeves. But in my opinion, it doesn't matter because people are tired. And when people are tired, they roll up their sleeves and they fight to get things done. They work hard to make sure that they hold on to their rights. So when they say no justice, no sleep, I say, once you've messed with us, you're going to know what going to sleep is all about. Keep it locked right there. When we come back straight ahead, I want to talk to you about the Mau Mau tactics And a couple of different articles that I read that I thought were really interesting about President Trump reaching out to the Hispanic voter community. Don't miss this. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go. And that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich. This is America. All right, welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez, and check it out. I want to wrap this up for you, but something that I learned about when I was director of operations for Project Veritas with James O'Keefe was the Mau Mau tactics, and he talks about it in his first book, Breakthrough. It's described initially in a book that he recommended to me, which was Radical Chic. It's a small booklet by Tom Wolfe, and it describes the Mau Mau tactics that were used in Kenya forever ago were also used in... California by people that were strong arming the government for social services. This is a very common tactic that we see on display time and time again and now more than ever. Simply put, the Mau Mau tactics are based on the military strategy that they used in Kenya, defined by the dictionary, Merriam-Webster dictionary, Mau Mauing or to Mau Mau, M-A-U hyphen M-A-U, is to intimidate someone such as an official by hostile confrontation or threats. To engage in mau-mauing with someone is to bulldoze them, intimidate them, or strong-arm them. But it's done specifically by shouting people down, oftentimes using race or gender or religion. Why? Are you doing that because I'm a Muslim? Are you doing that because I'm a Christian? 
Oh, let me find out you're doing that because I'm black. You're doing that because I'm black, because I'm Boricua, because I'm brown. That is, in essence, the beginning of Mau Mauing. And throughout the Black Lives Matters protests and all the others, these riots that you've seen, people are using them left and right with their bullhorns. Say his name! Say his name! Say his name! And all that other stuff that they shout. These aren't accidental. These are planned. This is Mau Mauing. When the Sunrise Movement gets up in everybody's face and says, hey, we are going to bring hell to this election. We're going to bring cowbells and congas and timbales and all sorts of noisemakers outside of the politicians' homes and outside of polling locations to stop people from voting. This is the way that they drive wedges. Now, when they're not shouting people down, they use emotional blackmail. This is what I'm talking about. Earlier today, I got an email, not an email, a Facebook post from a Biden supporter, and it was shared to me by somebody who's a fan of the show, Big Brother Lou. Big shout out to Big Brother Lou for sending this over to me. And he goes into a story saying, let me tell you about racism. The first actual Afro-Latino. Whenever you hear those words, these are code words that they're about to pull the Marxist hood over your head. Right? But the first actual Afro-Latino valedictorian of Harvard Law School, Pedro Albizu Campos, graduated in 1921. Right? So they're drawing you in, saying that, you know what? He's black. He's Latino. He went to Harvard. He's really smart. I'm going to put the pause on that story for just one second and let you know the first people arrested for blowing up or throwing a Molotov cocktail at an NYPD police van with police still inside of it on the second day or the third day of the George Floyd riots right here in New York City were two lawyers, one of whom was Harvard trained, and I think the other one had an undergrad from Yale. So I don't care what color you are. One was black in this situation, and the other one was Middle Eastern. When they try to pull at my heartstrings telling me that a fellow Boricua, somebody from Puerto Rico that went to Harvard, man, he finally made it, man, he made it. Good for him that he made it, but bad for him for what he stood for because he went on to support what they call, again, and this is all euphemisms, right? It's, it's the hijacking of language to support the Puerto Rican independence movement. Now, anybody who knows history knows that in 1898, Spanish-American War, the United States won Puerto Rico as a result of that war. Puerto Rico was a colony of Spain. We didn't colonize it. We won it. In return, made everybody on that island a citizen of the United States giving them every right and privilege and opportunity, including running for president of the United States. The only things they can't do in Puerto Rico is what they can't do in any commonwealth that's not yet a state or that is not a state. And that is assign it the rights and privileges of a state. So you can vote in Puerto Rico, but you can't have electoral college votes. So you can't vote for the electoral college because this territory doesn't have electoral college votes. But you can vote in the primary all day, every day. So there's no sliding, there's no shortage of rights or anything I think that's being taken away from anybody on the island of Puerto Rico. They are Americans. An act of war in Puerto Rico is an act of war on the United States of America. But this Facebook post goes on to talk about how this young man went to jail and how he was pardoned. And I don't know all of the facts of his story, but I do know it was illegal to fly the Puerto Rican flag in Puerto Rico because there was an uprising, similar to the uprising we're seeing right now, where people wanted to be independent. So, in effect, a civil war was brewing. You don't have to think too far back. That was 1920-something. In the 1860s, the same thing happened. General Robert E. Lee and his happy band of traitors wanted to secede from the Union. And yeah, I don't mince any words. 
I do believe Lee was a traitor. I do believe the Stars and Bars Confederate flag is a traitorous rag. That's my opinion. That's how I see it. We are one United States. We're no longer united if you get to break off. So whether you are General Lee and everybody south of the Mason-Dixon, or you're this guy, Albizu, and you are in Puerto Rico, same thing. Oscar Lopez Rivera, same thing. You don't get special rights and privileges because you were born where my parents were born. But in effect, this is a story that I would tell someone if I wanted to indoctrinate them with divide and conquer ideology. Problem is, I support statehood, not secession. Again, torture's wrong. But leading a separatist movement for independence, that's also wrong. It's literally sedition. It's what Lee did. It's what the Confederates did. It doesn't surprise me that a Biden person shared this story to pull at the heartstrings. But we can't forget the FALN, terrorists out of Puerto Rico, like Oscar Lopez Rivera, William Morales. These guys made bombs and launched these bombs at federal buildings in the name of independence for Puerto Rico. What they really wanted to do was create Marxism, socialism, and I would bet unabashed communism eventually in Puerto Rico like they did in Cuba. This is what paves the way for the next generation of Marxist radicals like AOC, like Melissa Mark Viverito, and like Nelson Dennis, a state assemblyman here in New York who wrote the book, The War on Puerto Rico. Yet, when Puerto Ricans actually had the chance to vote in several referendums over the last couple of years, they chose statehood each time at the ballot box. The similarities of violent Marxists and BLM, Antifa, or even FALN, they're striking. It's the same KGB playbook, but new people groups that are being co-opted. So remember, you've got to use logic, not emotion. You've got to know your history or you'll be doomed to repeat it. That's all I've got for today. Keep God first in everything you do. Hasta la próxima, America. Until the next time, America. I always tell you, like they said in Hamilton, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And like Burke and Acton said, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So stand up, rise up, fight for what's right. And I'm not talking about the Beastie Boys fight for your right to party. I'm talking about stand up as a counter-revolutionary. People are trying to take away America as we know it. America as it's existed over the last 240 some odd years. And you're either going to sit there and watch it happen or you're going to be a hero. That choice is up to you. I'm Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. 